Hey everyone, it is so good to be sharing with you this morning. It's great that you could connect with us. We are continuing to look at Embrace the Future for this month. Next month we will be embracing prayer, so keep an eye out on social media to find out the different things we're doing next month. It's quite crazy to think now that we are almost, well, we're halfway through August. We're almost at the end of August. Where has this year gone? It feels like the future is coming faster and faster all of the time. And I want to encourage you, if you are watching this, to tune in with this Wednesday night as something that's happening in the future, as we are hosting Crashing Waves online with our very own Scott Nickel. He is going to be singing some of his songs, but he'll also be telling some of his story and what Jesus means to him. And so I encourage you, it's going to be amazing this Wednesday. Why don't you invite, 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 and we believe that people who don't know Jesus will come to know him as Scott shares his story. But a few weeks ago, I was sharing on the Apostle Paul as he was writing to a church in Corinth and the book of Second Corinthians. And I really couldn't get away from this character of Paul as we're looking at embrace the future. And I want to read some verses from 2 Timothy chapter 4 as Paul is writing another letter, this time to like a young apprentice of his, or it's almost like a, a spiritual father writing to a spiritual son as he's getting towards the end of his time on earth. And I want to pick out some verses, and then I've got three things that I really think will help us to embrace the future and enjoy the challenge that comes with that. But I want to read now. It will come up on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. You know, I think Paul here, it's quite clear that he's writing about the future. He's trying to make a difference into the future with the younger generation of Timothy, but he's also looking into the, the future that he has in God as the, the work for the work he's done while he's been on earth. But there are things that I notice in this passage that I really think that can help us to embrace the future wherever we are. I personally think that they are incredibly simple, but I don't think that they're very easy. You know, I think that we could all do with applying these to our lives. But the first thing is, the first one I notice about Paul as he's writing here to Timothy is, who you follow. You know, back at this time when this was 
written, often people would follow their rabbi. In fact, Jesus had 12 disciples, but he had many other followers because they would follow the teacher. They would follow people around. You know, in the world we live in today, we have things like Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok where people have followers. You know, you click to follow celebrities, you follow your friends, you follow people who are influencers. You know, some people in the world today will do so many stupid things that are so ridiculous. Some are really funny, some are really dangerous, but they'll do anything almost, it seems, to get more followers. In fact, so many of us might even follow people who we've never met. They're complete strangers to us, but from a distance, they look like something maybe we could follow. Either because it makes us feel good, it makes us look good, or feel cool. It's quite crazy. You know, people can follow football teams, bands, artists, actors, actresses, political parties. People will quite literally follow anything. And the saddest thing about sometimes following other people is people are not perfect. So people make mistakes and they can let their fans down or their followers down because they're not perfect. And sometimes we can get so caught up in this idea that people are so much more worthy of being followed and then they make a mistake and we can, get, we can start to make excuses for them and excuses for our behavior as we follow the wrong influences. Maybe you've been guilty of that. I know I certainly have. You know, but we begin to compromise who we are and we begin to compromise what we believe and we compromise our standards and our values all so that we can get people to follow us or because we're following the wrong things. You know, the word follow means to conform to. It means to be influenced and moved in the direction of something. And so as we embrace the the future, as we look forward to what our future is, I want to ask you a question because I think Paul is making it really clear. Is who are you following today? What are the influences that you're allowing to conform who you are and your behavior and dictate and how you live your life? I want to ask, do we allow Christian and godly influences into our life to make us more like Jesus? Or do we actually become more and more like the world? And I'm not saying that the world is bad, and I'm not saying we shouldn't follow people. It's absolutely okay to follow celebrities. It's okay to follow football teams and things like that. But when we allow the world to shape us and conform us into their image and who they want us to be, then I think we've got it wrong. And that's why Paul is so strong with Timothy saying, watch who you follow. Because who you follow is what you'll become. Who you're following today will determine the future you. I want to encourage you that it's so important to watch who we follow. Do we allow the maker of the moon to shape us as we follow him by spending time in prayer? Do we study the word of God? Do we worship him? Do we allow him to make us more like him? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do? You know, I firmly believe that Paul is right here effectively to say that your future and the future of those coming after you will be directly influenced by who you decide to follow today. You know, I love my dad very much. He's my hero, he's my mentor, he's a role model, and I want to honor him. He's the pastor of this church, for those who didn't know, he's Pastor Jim is... My father, and I just want to take a moment to celebrate him right now. 
Because when I was preparing this message and I was thinking about embracing the future and I couldn't get away from this concept of following and who we're following, I was reminded of when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, they wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, Paul was not saying that he was Jesus, but he was saying to this church that you can, I'm confident that I am on the right track and that I'm further down the road than you, that if you look at me, you'll become a little bit more like Jesus. Paul wasn't saying follow me and don't follow Jesus. What he said was follow Jesus, but you can look at my example because I'm a bit more like him than you are. And you know, Pastor Jim, my dad, is not Jesus just to make that abundantly clear. But I reckon he could confidently say the same thing as Paul, where he could say to the younger generation and to those who are older, look at me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Why? Because he's the most faithful man that I know. Because he's the most generous man that I know. He's the most servant-hearted man that I know. And he has more integrity than anyone I have ever met. And so I'm okay with following Pastor Jim. I'm okay with following my dad. Why? Because I know that he is more like Jesus than I am. And I can follow in his example. And it's okay for him to influence me in that way. Why? Because he's making me more like Jesus. People are not bad to follow as long as they're making us more like Jesus. Who influences you the most? Whose phone calls do you take the most? Whose text messages do you respond to the most? Who are your top friends on Snapchat? Who are the people who comment on your pictures? Are they making you more like Jesus or are you making you further away from Jesus? Follow people who follow Jesus. Surround yourself with people who push you to become more like Jesus. Why? Because embracing the future the future depends on who we follow today. And I think Paul is making that abundantly clear to Timothy. The second thing I note here about Paul is that he talks about he has fought the good fight. If we want to embrace the future, we not only have to follow God and make sure we're following the people we should follow, but we have to fight for what is good. We have to fight for what is right. As I've mentioned previously in the Lord of the Rings films, they're the best films ever. And if you disagree, then I can pray for you afterwards. But I'm just kidding. I'm not going to pray for you. But you should watch them. But one of the best characters is a guy called Samwise Gamgee, otherwise known as Sam. And he and Frodo go on this epic quest that's fraught with danger and troubles and trials. And they have so many difficult moments as they try and conquer evil once and for all. And Sam turns to Mr. Frodo and he says something along the lines of, do you remember the old songs and the old stories they would tell you? Well, the ones that stick with you are the ones where they were really dark and difficult and they were so intense. And every time the hero had a chance to turn back, but they decided to keep going forward anyway. And these are the stories that stick with you. And then he says this, there's still some good in this world, and it is worth fighting for. And I look in the world today, and I, oh, I can see the goodness in people. I can see the goodness in people, and there are people who are not going to heaven yet, and they are worth fighting for. 
There are kids who don't know Jesus and they're worth fighting for. There are people who are caught up in the disgusting thing that is modern slavery and they are worth fighting for. There are children who are living in poverty and guess what? They are worth fighting for. There are people who are stuck in the cycle of debt and guess what? They are worth fighting for. There are people who are caught up in the horrible cycle of addiction and guess what? They are worth fighting for. You know, Faith is worth fighting for. You know, someone once said, faith is the currency of heaven. It's been said. And so don't be surprised so often when things come to attack your faith. Why? Because if you can lose your faith, then you'll lose the fight that's in you. But to fight the good fight of faith means standing strong when opposition comes. It means remaining faithful even when it looks like it's over. It means continuing to give God our first even when it feels like we've got nothing left to give. It means even though there are more slaves in the world today than there ever has been, we will not shrink back from the challenge from seeing an end to modern day slavery. It means that even though your marriage might be struggling right now, I'm still going to speak life over my husband. I'm still going to speak life over my wife. I'm still going to put God at the center of my marriage. You know, even though my child isn't walking with God the way that I would like them to walk with God right now, I am going to pray for them every single day. I'm going to keep inviting them. I'm going to keep believing for them. You know, I've not received the healing that I want yet, but I'm going to worship my God like I've already received it. Why? Because that's fighting the good fight of faith. You know, faith is worth fighting for. There are certain things that we have to fight for. You know, choosing to trust God even when it's difficult. Choosing to remain faithful even when those around me might remain faithless. Even if the voices around me are given up, I refuse to give up because I've made my decision that I am going to fight and I'm not turning back. I'm not shrinking back. But even though I've got a million opportunities to shrink back, I am choosing to grow forward no matter how painful it is, no matter how much this fight costs me. Why? Because there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. There are some people in this world who don't know God and they are worth fighting for. It's why it's so important that we follow our God and not the world. Because when we consistently put the training in, we'll be ready for a fight night. It was once said, I think, about Muhammad Ali or another boxer perhaps, that he didn't win the fight in the ring that night, but he won the fight in the gym all the times when he was training. That was the moment where he won the fight. You see, Jesus grew up, it says in the Bible, in stature and spent his time studying God's word. He spent time daily in God's presence, and this was Jesus who was perfect. He was God. Yet he knew that if he didn't do the, if he didn't train for the fight, when the fight came, he would be susceptible to failure. It's why Jesus got up, but while it was still dark, to spend time in prayer, to spend time reading the Word of God, to spend time going to church, to surround himself with people. Why? Because Jesus was not going to lose his fight. And I don't want to see you lose your fight. And so if Jesus needed to spend time with God and his presence and in prayer and reading the Bible, even though he is the word, he is Jesus, he is God, then how much more do you and I need to spend time in worship, spend time in prayer, spend time reading the Bible, and spend time getting to know who God says that we are, so that when the fight comes... We'll be able to stand strong, we'll be able to remain faithful, and we'll be able to grow forward and not shrink back, and we'll be able to fight for those who need us to fight for them. 
You know, we'll be ready to fight for our families, for our marriages, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our great-grandchildren, for nieces, for nephews, for uncles, for aunts, for friends, for neighbors, for streets, for schools, for workplaces, for our governments, for everyone on planet Earth who is caught up in darkness and living in fear. We can be the light that shines, and we can not only just stand firm in the fight, but we can be part of this kingdom of God that is expanding and growing and is victorious, and we can see God's kingdom come here on earth. Why not here? We need to follow God. To embrace the future, we need to make sure we're following God and following those who push us to be more like Jesus. Who we follow matters. We have to fight for that which is right. We need to fight for that which is good. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Fight for our faith and for our families and for those around us. And the final thing I notice about embracing the future, and this might seem a bit strange, is that we need to finish. You know, Paul writes here that he has finished the race. I love the quote that I think my dad said at first. He didn't come up with it, but he it says, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You know, I don't know what start you had in life. I don't know how it all began in life for you. But I know with God, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. See, I know that for many of us, the concept of finishing this race of faith is so far in the future. And I hope it is for all of us. But the importance of finishing strongly and finishing well is so important. You see, Paul had been through, through so much. Paul had been through all the highs and lows he had been, and everything in between, to be honest. He had suffered beatings, abandonment, prosecution, imprisonment. He was pretty much left for dead at one point. He faced everything he could, and yet at the end of his life, he could say, I have finished the race. And now I can look forward to the crowns of glory that have been prepared for me. I don't know about you. I don't know. It might seem like a morbid thought, but I don't know about you. But when all is said and done for my life, when it's all over, which I hope is in like 80 years' time, I want to live way beyond 100 I'm desperate to hear God say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. I want my tombstone to say something along the lines of David served his purpose in his generation and he fell asleep. Or something along the lines of David finished his race well. You know, Paul is finishing well at the end of the years. He's sharing his wisdom. He's sharing his experiences. He's encouraging the next generation of leaders, pastors, influencers. That's why he's writing this letter. Even at the end, he was still running strongly. And what does that mean for you? I hear you ask, and I'm so glad you asked the question. Because though this in the context of it, Paul is at the end of his life, I think it's important that we finish well in every area of our life. You know, I'm not... I'd love to be the youth pastor of New Life Presswick forever. Being a youth pastor is an incredible honor, and I love it. But I know there'll come a day when I have to finish as the youth pastor. But guess what? Till that day comes, I'm going to keep running. And when the time comes, I'm going to make sure that I finish well. Why? Because I want the person coming after me, whoever that may be, I want them to go further than I've gone. I want them to fight more than I've fought. But I want to make sure that the things that we fight for right now they don't have to fight for because we finished our race well. We fought well. And it's been a crazy time for all of us. And when we think about 
the future. It's, it's hard not to think about children and young people. And last summer, or this summer here, I know they're back at school now, but it was a pretty difficult time because a lot of our primary sevens who were going into S1, we didn't get to meet them physically at Rise Youth. And for our six years, our S6s who were moving on into universities and college and different opportunities that God has for them. We didn't get to see them and we didn't get to celebrate with them and we didn't really get to honor them in person, but we done Instagram lives and we invited those who were in S6 to share their experiences, to share their challenges and share a bit of encouragement with our young people who are either just starting S1 or those who are maybe halfway through high school. How can you encourage them? What can you do? And, we, and, we, and it was incredible as they shared. And I remember we were sharing with them and we came off the live Instagram and I was pretty emotional hearing these stories of these young people who are amazing individuals created in the image of God who are full of potential. As they shared some challenges they'd gone through, they'd shared some helpful advice for those who are coming. And I just want to encourage those who are in S6, if you're listening to this, that you guys finished Rise Youth well. And I believe that God is going to use you in ways that blow your mind. But it was incredibly emotional for me to see these young people finishing well. Because in every season, they'll come to an end, and we want to make sure we finish well. Why? Because if we can make a difference for future generations to embrace the future, we have to make sure we finish well. And I want to encourage you. You might serve in an area and you think that your time is coming to an end, or maybe in the future it will, and I want you to remember to finish well. Maybe it's in a workplace where you're leaving your job, finish well. Don't just give up because you know that you're leaving. Why? Because we're an example to those and it sets us up for our future. We're an example to those and we can have an impact in the future by making sure that we finish well. So just as a close, I'm going to pray in a moment. I want to encourage us as we embrace the future. Who we follow today will impact the future that we have and impact the future generations to come. So make sure that you follow people who push you to be more like Jesus. We have to fight for that which is right. We have to fight for that which is good and fight for that which is godly. And we do that by praying, by spending time in worship with God, by reading our Bibles, but also by being an example to those who don't know him. And the final thing about embracing the future is in every area, whenever something comes to an end, make sure that we finish well. Because by finishing well, you set up future generations to succeed. You also are an example to everyone who doesn't know God that they finished well. And one day we can look forward to the crown of righteousness that God will give to us. And hopefully, trust me, in a long way in the future, we will all hear those amazing words of well done, good and faithful servant. I'm just going to pray as a close. Father, I thank you that you are for us, not against us. I thank you that we can trust you that the future is in your hands. Father God, help us to follow you. Help us to fight for what is worth fighting for and help us to finish well in every area of our life. Father God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.